0: Spicy discussion in hour one on LSU. <laughs> that was good stuff. We're going to transition to Saints and NFL this hour. We've got a couple of NFL training camp insider series interviews coming up. We were supposed to start this yesterday at breaking news, so it didn't start on time. But we're going to go and start this in the AFC West. We've got the Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs, reporters from both of those cities and for both of those teams coming on the program. At 832 and 845, stick around for that because I think the AFC West battle might be the most intriguing in the NFL if it's not right here in the NFC South. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll that's up right now at WWL.com. which 2018 NFL playoff team is least likely to make the playoffs again this season? I knew you weren't going to vote for the Saints. I didn't even put them on there. I knew they weren't going to come on. So what I did is I put both conferences, 6 5 and four seeds from last season on there. Chargers, Colts, Seahawks, Eagles, Ravens, Cowboys, or somebody else. Which one of those playoff teams, and there's going to be multiple. There are every year that miss the playoffs. But which one is least likely to make the playoffs again? Cast your vote there. And we're going to talk about it this hour because for the umpteenth time in the last couple of weeks, we have a very good and well-respected national voice Sounding the alarms and ringing the warning bells that the Saints may be in for a decline. And this guy, from my perspective, and it's just my opinion, I think he is, if not the best, one of the two or three best guys covering the NFL right now. It's Bill Barnwell of ESPN.com. He's been there a while, actually, going back to the Grantland days when Bill Simmons uh, ran that site. It is fantastic. A reporter, does a podcast, and what he does before each season, and he's been doing this for about a decade now, he uses data from the previous year and really the previous years in the NFL to go back, again, from an empirical data perspective and and take a look at, well, who overperformed expectations last year? From a turnover differential perspective, from a, a yardage differential perspective, a one-score game perspective, who overperformed last year, so who might be in for a decline this year? Just to give an example of this, and he goes both ways. He goes who might improve, five teams that might improve, five teams that might decline. And if you read this stuff every single year, I got to tell you, Bill Barnwell is usually spot-on on on this stuff. Everybody misses. Data can be wrong. You can have multiple seasons in a row where you overperform expectations according to – The stats. I get that. Stats are stats. Still got to go win football games. I get all of that. But Bardenwell is as good as it gets when it comes to this stuff. So if you weren't listening to Colin Cowherd, if you weren't listening to the other national shows, if you weren't listening to uh, people like Peter King, well, maybe this is a guy you should listen to. And he has the Saints as one of the five teams that he believes might be in decline. And he lays out the reasons why, and you might not agree with him, but it's something you at least need to listen to as an as a well-educated Saints fan, as a well-educated football fan. So the Saints went 13-3 last year. Their point differential was plus 151. They were 5-1 one in one-score games. Now, that data, along with the turnover differential, said the Saints should have been about an 11-win team last year, so they overperformed by two wins. Now, he says one score games, yardage differential, turnover differential are big indicators of where you should actually be on a year to year basis. He also points out that the Saints don't have a track record of pulling out narrow wins with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Before last year when they went 5 and 1, they were just about 500 in one score games. 40 and 37 in the Sean Payton Drew Brees era. In fact, the year before that they were just 1 and 3 in one score games with kind of the same level of talent, again, in 2017 when they made the playoffs. Also, the Saints were very healthy last season. The players who missed significant time weren't your core pieces. You had Ted Ginn Jr., Patrick Robinson, Teron Armstead, yes, he may be one of your core pieces, but he did miss six games. shown Rank at the end of the season. That was basically it. They were very healthy, especially compared to a team like Atlanta, right, who was decimated defensively after injuries. And then he points out what he says, quote, is, quote, the elephant in the room. Drew Brees might not, didn't say will not, might not be the same quarterback that he was last season now that he's 40 years old. An MVP last season, and we saw the drop-off towards the end of that season. So all of these factors add up, and you can read this article. I tweeted it out. It's on ESPN.com right now. Again, one of the things and one of the articles that I look forward to every single year because Barnwell always is spot on with this stuff, and it caught my eye this morning when I saw that the Saints were on this list. Actually, he has them right behind the Los Angeles Rams, as one of the teams that are likely to decline. Now, here's the catch with Barnwell. Says there's still going to be a playoff team. Says there's too much talent here. Be surprised if they're not a playoff team. So might decline, but that's relative. Decline from 13 wins. If you're a 10-win team, you're still making the playoff. That gets you a shot and gets you into that tournament in the postseason. Again, the other teams that are in this, I told you that the Los Angeles Rams are there. The Miami Dolphins might just have the bottom fall out because they're 7-9. and nine. They've got no talent there. The Dallas Cowboys without Ezekiel Elliott, also on this list. That might bode well for the Saints. Not mine. I think it will bode well. And, in fact, we're going to get to that next segment. We're going to get to the Zeke holdout, why I think it's silly and why it is good news for the Saints. So the Cowboys, the Dolphins, and the Rams, the Saints are on there. And the Los Angeles Chargers. Very interesting with the Los Angeles Chargers. The point differential of just plus 99 said so they should have been a 10-win team, 12-4 last season. Go read this for yourself. It's very expansive. I cannot do it justice on the radio. So if, even if you're not paying attention to anything else or anybody else who's saying the Saints might not be the same team last year, go read this. I am not telling you that I necessarily agree that they're going to have a three-game drop-off from where they were last year at 13-3. and three. I haven't predicted that yet. I want to see the preseason games. I want to see Drew get out there and throw a little bit. I want to see this offensive line. I want to see the defenders. I want to see uh, what Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray do in that backfield. Again, in limited snaps, I understand, in the preseason. That's all stuff that I want to see. But data-wise, just be on alert here. If history is any indication, Saints might have a drop-off. What do you think? Are you buying this? Are you buying any of it? Maybe not Barnwell, if you haven't read that yet. I'm just wondering, when you hear all this noise... When you hear all this noise, when you get outside of the bubble, and and I think it's very important, again, for smart, prudent, educated sports fans locally here in New Orleans and in the Gulf South and Louisiana, just pull yourself, even if you're a Saints diehard, even if you bleed black and gold or you bleed purple and gold for LSU or Tulane Green or whoever it may be, pull yourself outside the bubble once in a while. See what other people think. Because it's an echo chamber here. It's an echo chamber here. It's as much as I try to stay away from that, I get caught up with it. You can't help it. Not when I'm surrounded every day by three former Saints players, a Saints diehard fan and Christian Garrick, and a Saints sideline reporter, and with the flagship station of the Saints. I get caught up in it. I don't think I'm the most objective guy. I don't think I'm supposed to be the most objective guy. But pull yourself outside that bubble, and you'll hear this talk quite a bit about the Saints. Sometimes there's a lot of smoke, there's a little fire, right? So are you buying this? Are you buying that the Saints are going to have a drop-off? Give me a call, tell me, 504-260-1870. That's 504-260-1870. And the text line is 870-870. Also coming back, Ezekiel Elliott now breaking this morning that he will not play this season for the Dallas Cowboys if he doesn't get a new contract. I don't think that's happening, and it's good news for the Saints. Back after this on The Last Lap. Text from the 504, haters going to hate, Seth. I don't listen to that garbage. That comes in response to me kind of laying out. Bill Barnwell at ESPN, he does this every year, five teams he thinks may, not will, but may decline from last year in the NFL. He's pretty spot on with this every single year. I've been paying attention for a long time for Bill. That's why I brought it up today. And he has the Saints in here. Well, I don't think Bill Barnwell's a hater at all. He has no reason to be a hater for the Saints. If you're only listening to positive talk, if you're only listening to the rah-rahs and the cheers and the whodads, and that's fine. That's, it's your prerogative. You can do that. It's not what I like, though. I like objective football analysis. That's what I love. That's what I crave, and I think you got it here. I'm not necessarily saying that Saints are going to have the drop-off, but At least pay attention to listen to it. Uh, Text from the 601, Saints overpaid Bridgewater as a backup. He isn't consistent and isn't the future. I guess that's your opinion. I don't know how you say he isn't consistent. You haven't seen him yet really run the Saints offense except one game late in the season, and that's just unfair to judge anybody off of. Text from the 985, Seth, is this the new normal for elite players refusing to play even when they have years left on the contract? Do the owners have any leverage besides withholding pay? Will this be addressed in the next CBA when it is negotiated? Well, that's a great question because earlier today, I teased this going into the break, Ezekiel Elliott, well, his camp leaked that he's not going to play for the Cowboys this year. He's got two years left on his contract unless he gets an extension and a new deal. Will not play, going the Levy and Bell route. But the difference is, Levy and Bell didn't have a contract. He had played through his contract. They were franchising him. I didn't necessarily think Levy and Bell made the right decision there, but it certainly made a lot more sense than what Ezekiel Elliott's doing, folks. Ezekiel Elliott has two years left on his contract. Two, not one, two. Considering the fifth-year option. Oh, and by the way, and this is where I doubt that this is playing very well in the Cowboys' locker room. Their quarterback, Dak Prescott, who took him to the second round of the playoffs last season, has been in the playoffs, what, two of his three years in the league? I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's top 20, top 15. I, I think you're just a hater if you think anything else. Uh, he's underpaid by about at least $15 million, if not $20 million a year. Guess who's not holding out, and he's in the final year of his deal. Dak Prescott, Jason Garrett, Cowboys head coach, thinks, well, Zeke Elliott must be somewhere in Mexico. Well, I got news for you, Jason Garrett. He's not going to come back. At least not if what we're told today is true. Now, maybe he gets some advice that says, "Uh, uh, uh, Zeke, what you're doing here doesn't make a lot of sense. You have not a lot of leverage. Yeah, you're one of the best running backs in the National Football League, but you got two years left on your deal. Like I said, your quarterback's – underpaid a lot more than you are or will ever be underpaid doesn't make a lot of sense read the room Zeke now this is really good news for the Saints considering everything that's happening unless you have a a mammoth shift in thinking from Jerry Jones that means Ezekiel Elliott's not going to be suiting up in week four against the Saints that is very good news and I do not think that Jerry Jones, who bucks trends with NFL owners all the time, I'm very aware with that, I don't think he's budging on this one, and here's why. And he's certainly going to get calls as this is happening and has been getting calls, I am sure, from other owners in the NFL saying do not budge because if you bow to pressure of a player with two years left on his deal, not one but two years left on his deal, Pandora's box is open. You're going to have every running back, every receiver, every quarterback, every player in the National Football League who thinks that they are underpaid for their performance. And, yes, I agree, Ezekiel Elliott is underpaid for how he's performed even as a high draft pick a few years ago. You do that, everybody's holding out, and the owners have lost all leverage because now the precedent's going to be, well, look what the Dallas did with Zeke. Yeah, I can hold out. Sure can. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I am a players' rights advocate. I am. I there's almost no situation. There's almost no situation where I am on the owner's side when it comes to owner players debates or owner players' rights and that dichotomy. This is one where I am very pro league and pro owner. For, uh, frankly, I am just a, a prag uh, pragmatist with this. I don't you you get these contracts, especially when you're a rookie, from where you were drafted, and you get contracts after that on how you performed before and kind of a and you negotiate these deals on how you might think you're gonna get paid in the future. It's a little absurd that Ezekiel Elliott's holding out with two years left on his deal. It just is. It just is. I mean, even Anthony Davis here at least played into his second to last year in his contract with the New Orleans Pelicans, well into it until he kind of demanded that trade. Although we heard last week he told the players before the season, if things don't go well, if we kind of tank, I'm going to be asking for a trade before the deadline. Oh, and by the way, this isn't the NBA. This is the NFL. Here's Jason Garrett. This is going to be news and music to Saints fans ears apparently Jason Garrett thinks the Cowboys struggling a lot without Zeke out there right now in training camp yeah I, I look I think they can get production behind that offensive line which isn't the same offensive line they put out there before it's still very good but they're going to miss Ezekiel Elliott if he's not there that's not a playoff team without Zeke let's go to the phone lines Pierre and Gentilly, what's up hey what's
1: going on Seth? how you doing tonight
0: I am good Pierre what about you
1: I'm doing good. I was going to sit back and listen tonight, but uh, that report from, you know, you know, you see, he's a good uh, NFL reporter. But as far as my disagreement is, last season, the reason why Drew Brees' numbers fell off was not Drew Brees' fault. It was the offensive line.
0: I get that, Pierre, but here's my counter to that. Are we going to start blaming every other franchise who doesn't have the offensive line that Drew's been behind here? Or are we going to say, well, you know, that's not their fault. It's not their fault that they don't have a great offensive line. You're
1: right. You're right. But uh, you know what, I mean, I think it's going to get better. And not only that, I mean, I think that the, the – receiving call was kind of suspect at the end of the season as well yeah it was and i think i receiver's gonna be better
0: yeah i agree really be better. it is it is and i think look, i look i agree with you there i don't know how it's not going to be better with ted Ginn back in healthy traequan in his second year emmanuel butler if he can stay healthy he'll bring that you've got jared cook instead of ben watson that's an upgrade yeah i think it's, the receiving options are going to be better for drew and i, I guess we'll see I've told you out in the air, I'm I'm not buying this Drew's going to fall apart like Peyton Manning did. There's no way I'm getting behind that. But, look, he's beyond 40 now. There is Tom Brady, who's two years his senior, year and a half his senior. He doesn't seem to be slowing down that much, so we'll see if Drew's more Tom or more Peyton. 504-260-1870. Text lines eight seventy eight seventy. Our Training Camp Insider Series starts next. We go to Denver. Welcome back to the show. Our NFL Training Camp Insider Series is going to start tonight. We're going to go to all 31 other NFL franchises and cities and I guess it's 29 other cities and look at what's happening around the league. And tonight, again, we start in Denver. We start with Troy Rink, who's a Broncos insider and sportscaster for Denver seven ABC. He's on Twitter at Troy rank. Troy, thanks for joining us tonight.
2: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. I want to start with,
0: with John Elway, as it sounds like that he's, if his seat's not hot, it's at least warm. And I think the reason is clear. Troy, as Denver, Sub-500 seasons in back-to-back years, what, for the first time since the 1970s? This is a franchise, one of the proudest in the league, not used to losing at this clip. Is he on the hot seat?
2: Uh, He is not. I mean, it's part of it, you need to understand the context with John Elway. When it comes to athletes in the history of the state of Colorado, there's John Elway and everybody else. He led them to two Super Bowls. Uh, two Super Bowl wins. Uh, he led him to two Super Bowls as an executive, including the championship in Super Bowl 50. Before his seat would get warm, they would have to have another 6-10, and 5-11 this year. But you're right when you say it's been jarring. They've had back-to-back losing seasons for the first time since 1972, and they're on their fifth starting quarterback since Peyton Manning retired. And that's been the big, big issue with John Elway, is just being un- unable to identify the right guy at quarterback since Manning left. And They're hoping Joe Flacco can stabilize that position if it's for a year, maybe two, and then Drew Locke would take over. But, uh, you know, and Elway had a really good draft last year. They like this class. So uh, there's a sense of optimism that there wasn't for a few seasons. But, again, it really comes down to this, having stability and a quarterback that you can trust to not turn the ball over. And they're hopeful and cautiously optimistic that Flacco can be that guy.
0: Yeah, they don't have this battle and this multi-way battle like they've had in the past. Keenum, Simeon, Paxton Lynch, who was a draft pick, never really got going there. He's now in Seattle. Can Joe Flacco be that stabilizing force, Uh, Troy?
2: Well, he still has his fastball, and they insist at 34 he's entering his prime, and you know, there's a lot to like about Joe Flacco in terms of his playoff resume, his seven playoff road victories, Super Bowl MVP. The, the issue is a lot of that happened, you know, in 2014. The last few years have not been kind to Joe Flacco. Last year he lost his job and dealt with a hip issue. So to say he's in, a, in his prime, I think that's being ambitious. But he, he still he still throws it well. And the players, his resume matters in the locker room. There's much more pessimism for fans then there are the players who see a guy who was a Super Bowl MVP, a 5 quarterback who can still spin the ball, that they're encouraged by what they see. But can he do it? I don't know. I don't give them the benefit of the doubt right now just because in the last three years their offense has been, you know, you'd rather eat shards of glass as a Bronco fan than watch their offense. I mean, it's been painful in every way. And so Flacco's showing signs of progress this camp. But it's really their, their entire offense, Joe included, is in prove it mode.
0: Well, they don't go offense as far as a head coach replacement for Vance Joseph. They go a guy defensively who, in my mind, is long, long overdue that he got a head coaching opportunity. That is Vic Fangio. How's the Fangio era started, Troy?
2: Well, he, he's, he doesn't say he's old, but I would say he is old school. He's comfortable in his own skin. He has a plan. He's like a shark. No wasted movement, has a purpose for everything. So there's no mu- music at camp. He changed to wear like game-type jerseys in training camp. He simulates game conditions and everything he does. His famous quote when he got hired here was, "You know, death by inches. Every little thing matters. You Can't be late. You can't, you know, you can't compromise. You can't erode at one position because it can affect somewhere else." And you're starting to see an impact. Remember, this was one of the most penalized team in the NFL the last two years. I mean, their lack of discipline was stunning on so many levels. And one thing I know is defensively, they're not gonna get out coached as they were the last two seasons. They will have a plan. I'm not saying they're gonna win, but Vic Fangio and Ed Donatell together, they will have a plan. And their defense has talent with Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Chris Harris, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons. I mean they got four or five guys who are legit and one top ten player in Miller. It's just again, it comes down to the offense being able to flip the field, control the clock get a lead like once every two months and allow their defense to go to work. They've just been so bad early in game. It's muted. You know, Von Miller, I mean, teams go into their four minute offense, so Vaughn can't rush the passer cause they're not throwing it. So, but that Fangio has made a nice impression with fans. He has really, you know, been kind of a, the antidote to Vance Joseph. I liked Vance, but he just didn't look like he was ready for this opportunity. And frankly, He had poor quarterback play, and that will undermine almost anybody in this league.
0: It's the NFL Training Camp Insider Series. We're in Denver tonight. Troy Renk is joining us, at Troy Renk on Twitter. The wide receiver battle is a little interesting here because outside of Denver, Troy, I'm not sure a lot of people would know any receivers or many outside of Emmanuel Sanders, right? What do we know about this
2: receiver group? Well, Cortland Sutton had had a nice rookie year, 42 catches, 700-some yards, four touchdowns. Uh, he's got a chance to be number one receiver someday in this league. 6'4", 220, crazy athleticism. He's just getting more and more comfortable with the route tree. Deshaun Hamilton, a kid from Penn State, would uh, be their slot receiver. Then Tim Patrick, a uh, kid out of uh, Utah. So there's talent there, but like you said, it's, it's not guys you'd necessarily draft in a fantasy league outside of Emmanuel Sanders. And he looks really good coming back from Achilles surgery. I'd be surprised if he doesn't have a big year. They re- but for their offense to function, they need the tight ends to be productive. They drafted Noah Fant uh, in the first round from Iowa. And, and the, the way this Gangarello, Kyle Shanahan, Gary Kubiak offense, you know, it's kind of the Shanahan offense is from, in you know, the Shanahan offense 2.0, the tight end has to be a factor. I mean, there's just no way that they can function right if the tight end is not a factor.
0: So this division is as tough as it gets. Maybe, you know, the, the AFC West, the NFC South, certainly two of the toughest divisions, maybe NFC North in there as well. We know the Raiders are the Raiders. It's going to be tough, of the, you would think, to catch the Chiefs and the Chargers in this division. So where does that leave Denver this season?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. I think they're going to be better, and they could still be 6-10, and 7-9. I mean, their schedule is wicked. And they go to like you said, they have games on the on the paper. you think, well, they might win it, but at Green Bay, they haven't historically played well there. At Minnesota, at Buffalo, at Kansas City, at the Chargers, at the Raiders, at Houston. I mean, I mean, where do you see the wins there? I mean, that's the issue. So if you if you lose five or six on the road, you're gonna have to win six at home, and that's tough because again, Kansas City is you know Super Bowl favorite at this point. And Cleveland's coming. I mean, their schedule is, like I'm saying, they're going to be better. They're going to have to find a way to win 23-20, 21-17. And and that comes down to takeaways, which Vic Fangio teaches, demands. Getting cheap, you know, short fields, defense getting four or five touchdowns. Uh, I would think right now they're a third-place team in the division. Uh, And, again, you know, 7-9-ish, and that kind of record, 8-8. and They're just, on paper, for me, the Chargers and Chiefs are both are true Super Bowl contenders.
0: He's Troy Rank, Broncos insider and sportscaster for Denver 7 ABC at Troy Rank on Twitter. Troy, really appreciate the time tonight.
2: Anytime. Guys, take care. Love being on the show. All
0: right. Thanks so much. Our NFL Training Camp Insider Series will continue after this break. We go to Kansas City. Matt Derrick, Chiefs Beef Writer for ChiefsDigest.com will join us here on The Last Lap. Our NFL Training Camp Insider Series continuing now. Yeah, Red Kingdom, Chiefs Kingdom. We go to Kansas City. Matt Derrick, Chiefs beat writer at ChiefsDigest.com joins us now. Matt, how you doing?
1: Not too bad. How are you doing
0: tonight? Right, look, I'm doing great. I want to get this out of the way. And trust me, we know here how annoying it is to have to talk about one off-field thing first many you know many months even many years uh has this um played out with tyree kill there with the chiefs the team and the fan base over the last really uh, months and year
1: well you know really i mean the 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 issue over the last four or five months has been a, a real roller coaster um with the news that the investigation was going ongoing um not a lot of details leaking out about about it the details that we did here were pretty bad looking and, you know, it's still unclear exactly what was the truth, what was not the truth. Uh, the investigations come to a close. The NFL had made their peace with it and has moved on. And it's really remarkable how quickly things have gotten back to normal here. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill was not around for the off season program. He was suspended by the team. It's asked him to just stay away. Um, but once the NFL, you know, reached their conclusion that they were not going to issue a suspension and the authorities didn't file any charges, um, it's really gone back to normal. He was greeted very um, enthusiastically by the fans at training camp. You know, they had a crowd of 8,000 people on the first day and they were chanting his name and cheering as he came out there. Um, doesn't really seem like there's any residual. Now the next thing, the next step will be uh, what happens in the contract negotiations. He's in a contract year and indications are the teams interested in, in making sure that Tyreek Hill stays, you know, long-term and, so I guess the next step will be is just what the public and fan reaction will be if the, if the Chiefs do make a long-term deal with Tyreek Hill.
0: And Tyreek Hill was Patrick Mahomes' top weapon last year. Mahomes, of course, a 5,000-yard, 50-touchdown season, MVP. The entire football world, uh, Matt, is, is watching this kid, this guy, to see, well, how much better can he get? I guess that's the question. That's what we don't know. We've never seen anything like this so young. How much better can he get?
1: Uh, it's, just, it's crazy to think he could get better after last year, but what we've seen in training camp, he looks like he's better. Um, you know, Andy Reed says that he just keeps learning and, and this kid with Andy Reed and that's really the combination. Um, that's really kind of you know, creating the magic there. And then you had to read the weapons that are around him. I mean, it's this guy's guy is probably the limit. I mean, what we've seen in training camp is he picked up right where he left off. You know, you see the no, the no look, passes, You've got the bombs to all of the different receivers. Um, there's no there very few turnovers. Um, it, it's really scary just how accurate and on target he has been during this training camp. Um, it does really beg the question of how much better he can get.
0: How how beloved is Andy Reid there? You brought him up, you know, kind of resurrecting this franchise. It was always like they've never been terrible, uh, at least, uh, you know, the last uh, 10, 20 years. But certainly they went from kind of an afterthought to now in the picture, it seems like, every single year under Reid.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is an organization that has built itself around Andy Reid. I mean, he, he, he's, he calls all the so- shots. Um, there's an owner, there's a general manager, but, you know, it's it's Andy Reid's team. He's the one that controls it. You, you still have, hey, in any fan base, you've got the naysayers. You still have the detractors that, that, you know, believe that until Andy Reid wins the Super Bowl, he can't win the big one. Um, but this team, it, they, they love him. I mean, it's, it's, it is Andy Reid's team, and it's the— Organization and most of the fans, you know, definitely don't want anything to happen. To Andy Reid,
0: hey, is he still having as much fun as it looks like he's having? I mean, we've seen the, you know, the pictures of him dancing in the locker room and and, and yucking it up with Mahomes and everybody. It still seems like he's having as much fun as he ever has.
1: Uh, more, I mean, and you talk to people around him the last couple of seasons, you know, they say that that Andy Reid's in a better mood than he's ever been before, as long as they can remember. Uh, he's sixty-one years old. You would think at some point maybe he starts slowing down, but. Uh, he loves to teach. That's what he just always stresses, that he loves to teach. And he's creative. He loves to come up with new concepts. And now he's got a quarterback that can do just about anything that he dreams up. And uh, as a result, yeah, I mean, it looks like he's almost going through a renaissance. I mean, he's got, I think, it looks like a lot more energy and a lot more enthusiasm than he had even a couple of seasons ago.
0: That's our NFL training camp insider series, Kansas city with Matt Derrick at Matt Derrick on Twitter. Chiefs beat writer at ChiefsDigest.com. The defense is remade here a little bit, or maybe a lot bit. You get Frank Clark from Seattle. They let him go. Didn't want to pay him. Then you get Alex Okafor from down here in new Orleans. How good can this defense be this year?
2: Well,
1: they're hoping it's better uh, because even if they're just a little bit better with this offense, uh, they can go a long way. Um, it's, it's still a question mark. They're really crossing their fingers at a couple of spots. Yes, the Frank Clark addition on that defensive line, you put him with Chris Jones, and suddenly that defensive front looks really, really tough. You add Tyron Matthew to the back end, and they love their second-round draft pick, Juan Thornhill back there at free safety. It's in between that you have the question marks. Um, they're really crossing their fingers at cornerback that they can find something. Um, you know, Kendall Fuller, he's going to be a full-time slot corner, and he's, he's played well in that role in the past. Um, hasn't been having a great camp, but they're crossing their fingers that, you know, Charveris Ward that played last season at the end of the season, that he is going to be as good as he looked last year. And they're hoping that Bashad Breland is going to be the guy that maybe he was a couple of seasons ago. Um, but if all those things don't hit, that passing game, uh, they could be giving up a lot of yards on this defense. And, you know, Steve Spagnuolo, he's, you know, he's showing at least the indication to be more flexible than maybe Bob Sutton was with this defense over the last couple of seasons to try and really tailor it to the talent that he has. But it's still an open question, you know, if this defense can improve just a little bit that they need to get over the hump. The Chiefs
0: trying to make it back to their first Super Bowl since 1969. They are co-favorites in Vegas right now with the new England Patriots that I believe six to one, are the Chiefs, Matt? Are they embracing the role of the hunted instead of the hunter?
1: They are, and you know, and this this team does feel different. I mean, there's a swagger and a confidence that, you know, a couple of seasons ago, they 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 lost in 2016 at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers um, at a close one for a chance to go to the AFC Championship game, and that team really, I mean, it came back to the, you know the following year angry. They thought that they were getting ready to get over the hump, and and they didn't. I mean, they took a step backwards. Uh, this team is different. I mean, they they feel like last year was you know a stepping stone. They feel like that that they really are you know on the rise. And there's no anger with this team. I mean, it's they're they're excited. Uh, there's a lot of optimism and a lot of enthusiasm with this team. It's a different feel than you've really seen in the last few seasons.
0: All right, yeah, or do they get to that promised land? Do they get to the Super Bowl? Do they win it?
1: You know, I, I, I it's this team feels like it's got what it takes to to get there. You know whether they can win it. You know with a third-year quarterback, uh, a lot of other question marks, a defense that still you don't know. That's a big leap. I mean, yeah, I I, I think you got to make them a favorite. Obviously, Vegas has made them a favorite. With this offense, they're they can win any game they're in. It's just going to be up to that defense. And if 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 they can even just get into a top twenty defense, yeah, this team can win a Super Bowl.
0: He's Matt Derrick. Great stuff from him. Chiefs beat writer again at ChiefsDigest.com. He's on Twitter at Matt Derrick. Matt, good stuff. Appreciate the time tonight.
1: Great talking to you. Take care. All right.
0: And that's our NFL Training Camp Insider Series for tonight. We'll be back tomorrow with this as we go to Los Angeles and talk about the Los Angeles Chargers. Remember, the Saints will be out there practicing with the Chargers in a couple of weeks. From Seth Dunlap. The last lap continues on WWL. Just got done going back-to-back with the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs, our Training Camp Insider Series. And look, that AFC West is going to be a tractor pull this year, especially at the top. Maybe not the Broncos. Certainly don't think the Raiders. But that battle between the Chiefs and the Chargers, oh boy, that's going to be a slugfest. Can't wait to watch that play out. In fact, I think at least at the top of that division, maybe not one through four. I think you look one through four, it's probably the NFC North. On paper, the deepest division, maybe the NFC South, depending on how Bruce Arians has those Tampa Bay Bucks playing this year. But the top of that division, oh, man, that's going to be something to watch. Both the Chargers and Chiefs, many people have either of those franchises, not just representing but winning a Super Bowl this season. We had a text a little bit ago from the 601. Saints should try out Michael Crabtree. My thoughts on Crabtree, I don't want an old, slow – receiver on this roster. I don't want another one of those. And not that there is an old slow receiver on this roster right now. I just don't think they need that. Give Emmanuel Butler a shot. Cyril Grayson. Keith Kirkwood. Traquan Smith. I want those guys getting snaps, getting targets. That's the future. I'm not looking into the past. And frankly, Michael Crabtree's on and off the field antics have worn a little thin on me. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll, which 2018 NFL playoff team is... Least likely to make the playoffs again this season? You tell us at WWL.com and the radio.com app. Now, remember, Saints fans, you're VIP to us, each and every one of you, and that's why we want you to experience this really cool new Saints VIP tailgate we've got for you at Benson Tower. Listen to Sports Talk every weekday during training camp. You can win yourself a pair of tickets. I just heard earlier today somebody won, uh, valued at $172.00, a pair of tickets, and here's what you get if you win. Three hours before kickoff, before each Saints home game, it's all-you-can-eat, all-you-can-drink, premium open bar, and they have Food Network celebrity chef Aaron May there doing a delicious buffet for us all. And I say us all because Steve Court and myself, yeah, we're going to be out there starting in the regular season for every Saints home game. So not only can you do all this, you can also hang out with Steve Court and myself. It's going to be fantastic. It's overlooks Champion Square, Benson Tower, right next to the Superdome. doesn't get better than that. Now, game tickets are not included with this, but even if you don't have game tickets, why not show up for this party? Then go watch the game wherever your favorite water and hole, your favorite place. Pretty darn cool. Listen to Sports Talk with Bobby Deuce and Christian every weekday during training camp, and then when you hear Cam Jordan's cue to call in, be that caller number nine, and you can win tickets to the new Saints VIP tailgate at Benson Tower from our partners at bullseyeeventsgroup.com and Saints Radio, wwl Fm and radio.com. One more hour of the program to come. Mike Scarborough is on the show. We'll talk LSU football, LSU camp, three defenders missing. Coach O says no big deal. We'll find out what Mike Scarborough says. And we had a great conversation earlier in the show with Mike to you. if you missed it, we'll have pieces of that, maybe the whole thing for you, second half of the hour. And Hard Knocks debuted... Earlier this hour, actually the nine o'clock hour, I think it's just wrapping up. I don't know if you watch this, what you think. We're going to tell you what we're seeing on Twitter, some of the reaction from this. Apparently. Not a great season so far. One more hour here of the
1: last lap. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived.
0: Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.